Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 KPDQ. I'm Dr. Steve Van Horn, a former pastor, currently a missionary, and one of the apologists with the Ambassadors Forum. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to answer life's hard questions from a biblical worldview perspective. If you missed last week's show, you may be asking yourself the question, where's Roy Swart? Well, if you're wondering that, you can relax. He's right here. Last week, we turned the tables on Roy, and instead of him being the interviewer, he became the interviewee. Last week, we talked about the broad topic of apologetics, apologetics in the church, and the Ambassador's Forum approach to apologetics. This week, we're going to get to know a little more about the man himself, and how he got involved in apologetics. Hi, Roy. Welcome back to your program. Have you had a good week? It's good to be back, Steve. <laughs> Great. Uh, I was going to ask you what stood out and if, uh, if anything was out of the ordinary, but you've got seven kids, so I can't imagine any week being what most of us <laughs> would. Yeah, there is would, no ordinary, would, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, as I just mentioned, last uh, week you gave a definition of, of apologetics. We talked about your church's involvement in apologetics and about how other churches could start an apologetics ministry and why we believe that's so important and so critical in this culture. Well, this week I want our listeners to get to know you and hear some of your story. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay, let's get started. When did you first become interested in apologetics? My wife and I started homeschooling our kids about 12 years ago. And as we were teaching the kids, you know, the traditional topics, math, science, reading, and everything else, not only was I teaching my kids about the world that God created, but I was teaching myself how to teach my kids. And so one of the ways that I did that was as I was learning things, I shared it with them, you know, make it very practical, very real. And so in my line of work, I do things with scanning electron microscopes and I do things with electromagnetic spectrum. And I talk about radio waves and x-rays. And just as one of those examples, I had to come and try and explain the electromagnetic spectrum to my third grader in a way that they could understand and engage and ask questions, and we could learn about it together. So if you go out there in traditional third grade curriculum, you're not going to find a chapter on the electromagnetic spectrum. <laughs> so I needed to teach myself about the thing that I was learning so that I could teach it to my kids so we could engage in a productive conversation. And let me tell you, by the way, you can teach the electromagnetic spectrum to a third grader. You can teach it to a kindergartner. You just have to really, really, really understand what you're talking about. So anyway, apologetics ended up being similar to that. As my kids got older in middle school and high school, and they started asking me questions, I said, you know what? I don't want to just go read a book about what somebody else has thought about this. I want to read the Bible and apply God's principles and truth to the situation that I'm dealing with right in front of me. And so in a way, I kind of started my own apologetics curriculum as I learned about it and explained it to my kids. That's how I got started. 
I want to clarify something here. Just ask a question. Up to this point, we have been talking about apologetics, and there may be people out there that see this as some kind of a formal, intentional, categorical approach to defending the faith. But what you're describing there is just something very natural that you began to do with your own kids right in your own home. Is that correct? Yes. I try and liken it to evangelism. In my opinion, apologetics is on a spectrum with evangelism. They're not different. They're, they're, they're similar. There's a lot of overlap. And a lot of people have thought a lot about evangelism. You can probably get a degree in evangelism from a seminary. And you can take courses and training and do all these things to learn how to evangelize. You can also just Tell people about what God has done in your life, and you can explain how forgiveness through Christ is available to everyone. And you can just have natural conversations. To me, it's the same way with apologetics. There are degrees and programs in prestigious universities and seminaries that you could take, and, and you could have a PhD in apologetics. But you could also just have it be something that you do with your friend and your family tonight around the dinner table. And so I've always been a very practical believer. Maybe it's because of how I got saved. I got saved right before I went to college, and I needed my faith to be on live immediately. <laughs> I needed it to start working right away because I was thrown into the lion's den. And so I have always been very practical in my faith. I read the Bible and apply it that day. I try to anyway. And so to me, that's the essence of what I think apologetics really is. It's less about volumes and books and white papers and things like that. It's a lot more about something that every believer can do and should do in many of the conversations that they're having. Yeah, I want to go back to that First Peter 3 verse again that says, Sanctify Christ as Lord your heart, always being ready to give an answer, make a defense for the hope that's within you. And that is, that's written to all of us, whether it's the soccer mom or whether it's the MIT graduate, all of us are admonished to be ready to make a defense. I think some people look at that word apologetics and it comes from the Greek word apologia and we, we get intimidated. But it's really something that all of us are called to be prepared to do, to be able to give a reason, give a testimony uh, to why we have the hope that we do. So it's, it's for the common man. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you got involved in more of a formal apologetics ministry, why did you take the next step and go from just the everyday with your kids and with your family to broaden out and do it more for the general public? So it started with my kids, and then the next step was their friends. They started saying to me, hey, Dad, I have this question, and then they'd explain it to me, and I'm like, is that a question you have? And they're like, well, all right, it's not my question, it's my friend's question. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's cool. Just say it's your friend's question. It's no big deal. Um, why doesn't your friend ask their parents? Or why doesn't your friend ask their pastor? And they've said, well, they did, and they didn't get the answer that was satisfying to them or didn't work for them or whatever. So can you answer it? And I said, all right, sure. So I started kind of interacting on an individual basis, you know, first with my kids and then with my kids' friends. 
And then another one of the dads in our church and I got asked to lead a formal Q&A with the high school uh, youth group. And so we came in and they asked questions and we just answered them. And we answered them out of the Bible and we answered them out of our own experience with how we had seen, you know, theology and applying it to life and some of the questions that people were using to try and attack Christianity. And then other people said, hey, can you come to a school chapel and tell the whole school about some of these things that you're working on? So it was a very, I didn't win some big apologetics contract (laughs) to go get a radio show happening and put on a big conference. And it was all very, very organic, very practical and a very slow growth into uh, just expanding the reach of applying the Word of God to everyday life. Yeah, it sounds just as you started down that path, God just kept opening up more and more doors, and you took advantage of the opportunities. So I think that's how it's supposed to work. You talked about how you started with your kids. You talked about how the Ambassadors Forum puts a premium on youth, and of course, the young people are the future of our country and our and our culture. And we all know, uh, if we've done any kind of reading or listening at all, of how the younger generation, many of them are falling away from the faith when they get out there in, in school and in high school and university just because of what is being fed to them in the classrooms. You've talked about working with your family. How is that worked with you and your family and your kids? Well, it's a surprise. (laughs) So uh, years ago when my oldest son, I think he was about eight or nine years old, he and I went on an adventure in the woods. And we hiked for several hours. And I have a pretty good sense of direction. But uh, we were hiking through very, very dense woods. It's actually near our house, but lots of canyons and caverns and twists and turns. And about four or five hours into our hike, it was starting to get dark and misty. And and I realized I didn't know the way home. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not good. It's going to get really cold out here. There's wild animals. And I've got this eight-year-old, my son, with me. I need to protect myself. I need to protect him. And here I've gotten us lost. And I looked at him and I said, hey, uh, I don't know where we are. And I don't know how to get home. And he's like, well, that's fine. I know where we are. Our house is right over there. (laughs) And he just pointed right up the hill. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I've been hiking my whole life and out in the woods and the wilderness. And I, I kind of... I think I have a pretty good sense of direction, but I was lost. And so I said, okay, if you think that's where we are. So we hiked straight up this hill and boom, there we were. We were home. And one of the things that I've learned in my apologetics ministry is a lot of parents think, okay, as the parent, how am I going to teach my kids? Like I've got it all figured out. I just need to teach these kids how it all works. You'll be surprised. (laughs) That wasn't my experience. I have actually learned more from my family than I think they've learned from me. And we kind of set this up when my wife and I started raising our kids. We wanted to have a very open, engaging, kind of around the dinner table culture in our family. And so we encouraged the kids, always ask questions. 
And if you don't get a good answer, keep asking. And even me, if you have a question of your dad and I don't give you a good answer, keep asking. Not in a disrespectful way, not in a challenging my authority way, but if, if I am legitimately not clear in my answer or you, know, you still don't understand, keep asking the question. In a way, I've kind of <laughs> built the ideal apologetics development lab in my home and family 24-7-365. I'm surrounded by this community of believers, my children and my wife, who absolutely love Jesus, who are totally committed to the Word of God, and are relentless in their pursuit of truth. And so we just engage with each other all the time. We've set that up as the culture in our home, and all my kids, every single one of them, if you said, hey, if you guys are having a family discussion, and it's getting kind of heated, and you're not sure what, you know, what the answer is going to be, what's the final authority that all of you go to? Every single one of them immediately say, the Bible, uh, of course, like that's just, that's how our family runs, is we go through life together, we're, we're asking hard questions, we don't back away from anything, so we're asking each other hard questions, we're pushing each other, we're pressing each other, and at the end of the day, we all land on the Bible as the Word of God and the final authority for truth every single time. What you're talking about there is communication with the kids within the family, engaging them. And that involves both listening and talking. Help me understand the balance. How much of apologetics within the family is listening and how much of it is talking? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the same formula for apologetics in the family that I think we should be using with apologetics in the community. And that is... You listen 100% of the time until you don't need to listen. You don't start talking until the job of listening is done. That's my opinion. And I would say you are finished with your job of listening, which is what you do first, when you understand the real question that's being asked. Excellent. Yeah, I just wrote myself a note, and that's just what I wrote down. <laughs> when you really understand the question that's being asked, that's not the time that you start giving the answer. That's the time that you can start talking to clarify and verify that you have the question right. And so I would say, first you listen, then you clarify, then you verify, then you start sharing an answer, maybe. And so a lot of people think that apologetics is going out there with the answer and shoving it down people's throats. That, I don't know of any place that works. Certainly doesn't work here in Portland. <laughs> as we think about our kids, as, and you've got seven of them, is that right? Correct. So you have opportunities for a lot <laughs> Like I said, of I have the ideal development lab. Tons of people <laughs> all the time. In today's culture, uh, where kids and grandkids are being exposed to some pretty worldly, non-biblical teaching about various things, what suggestions would you have for parents when it comes to dealing with what the public schools, the government schools are pushing at our kids and grandkids? Do you have any thoughts on that? Just like I would say with anything else, whether it's critical theory, linguistic theft, sexuality, you know, science... I would encourage people to 
understand what their kids are hearing, what their kids are thinking about what they're hearing, and what their kids are feeling about what they're thinking about what they're hearing. And so that's a lot. It requires a lot of investment of time and attention and commitment to do this with our kids and grandkids. So I would say start with by engaging them in the conversation by saying, hey, what are you hearing at school? And then they'll say, well, the teacher said, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what do you think about that? And they'll say, well, the teacher yesterday said this, and then today said this, and it's kind of confusing because it seems like they're contradicting each other, just as an example. And then you're like, huh, what do you feel about that? Well, it feels kind of not very good because they're supposed to be my teacher. <laughs> so if they're teaching me things that one day they say left, and then the next day they say right, and they contradict themselves, it's very unsettling, and I don't feel at peace, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm anxious, and I'm tense, you know, whatever, who knows, that's just one of a thousand different examples of how the conversation might go, but I, I would engage them on something like that. So you're always asking them, not, not necessarily waiting for them to volunteer information, but just as part of that uh, dinner table conversation, you're asking questions like, what are you hearing at school? I am. Again, every family is different. From the day the kids were born, we tried to develop a very open, engaging, interactive culture in our family. And it works for us. Other families that may have a different culture, you may take a more passive approach of waiting for them to, you know, if, if you're sitting there asking your kids all these questions, you could ask my kids, but I, I don't think any of them take it as badgering or, or uh, intrusiveness from their dad. When I just say, hey, what's going on in your life? You know, but different people have different uh, relationships with their kids. If your kids are like, oh, you're always asking me this stuff. Stop asking me this stuff. Don't just say, well, I heard on the radio, Roy said I should just keep asking and asking and asking. No, <laughs> listen, <laughs> don't do that. If you know, Pay attention to what's going on. But if you've got an environment where you can, you know, you've got a strong relationship, it's very communicative, then I would say, yes, absolutely. Be asking questions all the time. So if, if we have callers out there that are listening to this and saying, I need, to, I need to be a little bit better at this, how can they contact you? Uh, would it be through the website, through the email there? How could they contact you or any of the other uh, team members? Say, I'd like some help thinking through how to engage my kids. How could they get in contact with you or with the group? Yeah, I would say start with info, I-N-F-O at theambassadorsforum.com. That's an email that'll go to our entire forum. And just be clear about you know what you want. If you're like, I heard the radio show and I want to talk with someone over the phone. I've got some questions about how to do this or I want to meet for coffee or can you guys point me to some books I can read or you know whatever it is. Just be clear about what you are looking for and we'll get back to you. Great. Now, just out of curiosity, this is... Uh sort of a sidebar issue throughout this interview you've been using a lot of stories uh, why so many stories <laughs> well there's an old jewish fable that goes something like this once upon a time a man was traveling through the desert hungry thirsty and tired when he came upon a tree bearing delicious fruit affording plenty of shade and underneath which ran a spring of water he ate of the fruit, drank of the water, and rested beneath the shade. When he was about to leave, he turned to the tree and said, 
Tree, O oh tree, how can I bless you? I cannot pray that your fruit would be sweet. It is already sweet. I cannot pray that your shade would be plentiful. It is already plentiful. I cannot pray that a spring of water would run beneath you. It already runs beneath you. But there is one thing with which I can bless you. May God grant that all of the trees planted from your seeds should be like you. I think stories are what connects with people, especially in today's day and age. We have so much media content. We have videos we can watch. We have podcasts we can listen to. People are always looking for a story. I think that's how God created us. That's how the Old Testament was written, was story after story after story of God communicating who he is to his people and what he requires. You know, people don't just want data. They can get that from a web page. What they want is connection. And that comes, I think, best through stories. Sometimes I like to use other people's stories, like the Jewish fable I just said. Uh, But most of the time, I think they're better, more genuine if you can come up with experiences in your own life. So I try and do that. I think it's more authentic. As to this particular story about the tree, I feel like I have been blessed beyond measure. You know, when I think about what God has done for me personally, he has redeemed my soul from the pit of hell. He has given me an abundant life here on earth to live in service to him. He's given me an incredible family that loves me and pushes me to, you know, be closer to God. He's given me amazing friends to be on this life's journey and ministry with. And my sincere prayer is that I can somehow pass on the blessing of some of these things that I've seen and heard and thought about. And, you know, some of these insights that maybe God has given me or experiences that God has given me. I want to pass that on to other people so that they will be encouraged to do the same. Well, thank you, Roy, for sharing your personal story and a little bit about your family with us. It's really been enjoyable. It's going to be interesting and fun and exciting to see how God continues to build the ministry of the Ambassadors Forum and continues to put together uh, the future of this radio program. Friends, we're living in a postmodern and many believe a post-Christian world and people out there are looking for answers but they're looking in the wrong places. The story of the Bible and the truths contained in the Bible give the only reasonable answers to life's hard questions. Questions about the origin of the universe, the meaning of life, what it means to be human, what the source is for moral standards and what happens when we die. The Bible clearly explains how evil and wickedness entered God's creation and how the death and resurrection of of Jesus Christ provides an opportunity for all of us, for all men, all women, to be forgiven and to be given the promise of eternal life. And that's the hope that we have who are the followers of Jesus Christ. And that's something that we want the world to know and that's something the world is looking for and that the world needs. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 17 and 20 tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ and that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Those of us who are followers of Christ have been left here on earth for a reason. We're to share the good news of the gospel with those who are perishing. But as we know, when we try, we're going to be confronted with hard questions about Christianity, our faith, 
the deity of Christ, the origin of the universe, or how we know that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. And when those questions come, and they will, the Ambassadors Forum is here to help you be ready. There are many good resources on our website. There's a question and answer section with many of the questions that you will be asked already there. There is an archive with all of the previous radio programs. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, which also contains helpful information and answers to common questions, along with the website, theambassadorsforum.com, all one word, theambassadorsforum.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you found this program encouraging and helpful, please tell your friends to tune in with you next Saturday at 9.30 here on True Talk, 800 AM KPDQ. And until then, let me encourage you to follow Paul's instructions in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. <music>